Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. Hey everybody, there's a couple of people we want to thank for supporting us at patreon.com slash comic book club this month, including Aaron C. Hollis, Adam Marks, Adriel Moreland, Amanda Harris, Amy Gonzalez, Benjamin Brown, Brett Macris, Chelsea Mack, Chris Leatherman, Clement Soil Luer, Curtis LaRock, D Man Ryan, Dan Snow, Danny Heck, Danny Ollie, Dennis Scott, Edward Eduardo Martinez, Aaron Dorian, Jeffrey Reicher, Gerald De Villar, Hugo Sanchez. <laughs> Jason Williams, Jessica Ashcraft, Joey Crack, John George, Jonathan John, Joseph Kelly, Joshua W. Broxon, Kaylin Swift, Karen Comstock, Catherine Adenson, Kendall Wilson, Kevin Grimes, Kevin Kleinrock. Kieran Broderick, Lee Brown, Luana Thomas, Lucas Singh, Mark Carrillo, Mark Kiefer, Mark Zeller, Megan Thigpen, Michael Sturgeon, Mike D'Angelio, <laughs> Mitchell McDonald, <laughs> Nick Broughton, Nick Grayson, Omnia Soul Art, Perry Taliaferro, Pip Pete 2020, Primetime, Polly G, Rahadwin Sastrowardio, Tamilio Rush, The Twelve Banch, <laughs> Victor Perez, W. Blaine, Wally D. Librarian, Will Buchanan, and Zika's Viral Comics. Thank you all for supporting. Thank you all for allowing us to mangle your names and enjoy the live show. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming to Comic Book Club Live. Please give it up for your hosts, Alex, Justin, and Pete. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And that's our man of the Booth Booth Man Prime. Booth Man Prime. First show back. 2020, our year. Pete has forgotten how to use microphones. Totally. I mean, that was a long holiday break. Seriously, you're going to fucking start in after the bullshit we just been through? What What? do you mean? The holidays? (laughs) That fucking. The Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm oh, so yeah. sorry. We should tell you. It's been you, a rough time for us. We yeah. talked briefly about our opinions of the movie, and now Pete doesn't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's uh, good. Well, Pete, uh, you do want to be here because I got some presents for you guys. Oh, happy holidays. Ooh, ooh. 
Uh, these are actually not presents from me. There's a presence from a fan of our Watchmen podcast. Oh, you really oh, wow. sort of yeah. set it up like yeah, it was yeah. a present from you. Nope, not from me at all. Wow. Uh, this is actually uh, from a guy named Mike Fairbanks. It, it's like how Santa Claus claims that he gives a present, <laughs> but it's the elves. Oh. It's the elves. You know what? Fuck that guy. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Elves yes. do all the building. Yeah. So we do a podcast called Watch and Watch. Uh, at least while the show was going on, uh, we that's where we focused on. Mostly, <laughs> we're not doing an ongoing being like oh, nothing. nothing to, it's nothing a sort of on. thirty second, nothing to see here <laughs> episode. Uh, so this guy Mike Fairbanks, he actually lives in the town where they filmed. Uh, Watchmen, the TV Ooh. show on HBO. Uh, he listened to the podcast, was very active on our Twitter feed there, which oh, was yes. very nice. Uh, and he also does a bunch of 3D printing. And he mentioned Ooh. at the beginning of the run that he was like, I'm going to make you guys some stuff and I'm going to send you guys stuff for your podcast. And he did. And I got it over the break, so I didn't get to show it to you guys. So I wanted to bring it here and show wow. it to you guys. I think that's a great so, idea. Yeah, I and love, you guys haven't seen it yet. I love regular printing, so 3D printing yes. is going to be fun. Uh, so here we go. First thing, uh, this, I'm showing it to the audience ah, here. Wow. That's yes. awesome. He made a, and we'll put up a, if you're listening to the podcast on live, we'll put up a picture on Twitter yes, after this yeah. at Comic Book Live. Uh, and probably at Watch cool. Watch One as well. Uh, this is a squid shelter sign. And he put up some uh, pictures of this. He actually printed out a bunch of these and put them up around town. Oh, that's while amazing. While Watch Delightful. Very cool. Absolutely what, what delightful. Cool uh, I'm going to find some other stuff I'm going to build here. Uh, next one, he plinted out a little True Industries. Very Love it. If you're watching the show, you know what's going on elephant, there. Yep. Uh, very cool. Uh, and it's all white. It's a white elephant gift. If oh, you will, good, you know, Alex. You know what that is? Bringing out the holiday puns. Yeah, yeah there we go. A little late. Uh, there's something else in here I'm not finding, but you know oh, what? I'll just cut to the big thing. He wow. made us, wow. and it's in a bag right now because it's protected. It is a Watchman Watch clock. It's not put together right now. It's taped, uh, but you can build it together. And we should put it together like a real clock. Oh, we should. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how that works, uh, but it says it has the watch and watch logo on it, which is very nice. And one of the hands is the splatter for the happy face. Uh, and then he also made. Oh, there we go. Little squilled shelter thing. Uh, this is that. Yeah, that's a part for the clock. Uh, and then he made one additional, just wooden. Watchman Watch Clock, which oh, is a little this covered is right very now. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Very cool. nice. Mike Fairbanks. Thanks, Mike Thank Fairbanks. Thank you so much. Oh, look. Here's I'll... his logo, maybe. Yeah. Yes, and... it is. It's MAF Workshop. So check him out online. Um, yes. He has a Twitter feed for MAF Workshop. He does this just... He is a amateur, but clearly very talented 3D printer. Yes. Nice. Uh, and the one thing that I will say is kind of disappointing. We talked about this. Uh, when he originally wrote us on the Watch and Watch feed, it was like, hey, I want to make you guys something on a 3D printer. I immediately had a thought. Didn't want to say it because I was embarrassed to even ask for it. And then he wrote and said he was going to make it. Uh, if you watch the show, I think you know what we're talking about. Uh, he said mm-hmm. that he was going to print and send us an enormous blue dildo. Right. And unfortunately... As we say a lot on this show, where's the dildo? <laughs> yes, there you go. Uh, we'll split all of this up later. You must have. I think he might have sent that to my house directly. Yeah, what are you doing, Pete? Yeah, Jesus take, Christ. Take the box off the comics. Oh, wow. my God. Jesus. H. Take the carefully 3D printed things, hold them sideways, and get them off of the comics. Yeah, I mean, come on, Pete, man. Respect the art. I'm sorry I said we should have seen Chewbacca's bloody chunks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. 
when he almost died. They should why? Have... Why? Major spoilers for the. Uh, why would you do that? We have an amazing guest backstage. We do have an amazing guest. You're being guest an backstage. asshole. I'm apologizing. I'm yeah. apologizing no, for you're saying not. You're... that Chewbacca should have exploded into yeah, bloody that's, uh, that's why you're not apologizing. He said he's it's, sorry I'm that sorry. we, that we talked about sorry. Chewbacca's fur splayed out yeah, on the that's... desert winds of a. Do you want to both get throat punched right now? I'm just. I'm saying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry We're we did not. I'm glad. We did not see so blood you, spurting stop. out of Chewbacca's you you, mouth. You can't even stop. As he you said in stop. human being language, just like Han. I feel bad. We have an amazing guest, and you know you <laughs> don't try to fuck the around. guest against us. We just yeah, wanted to is, say we're the guest saying. agrees with us, and no. I think we should <laughs> bring him out. He is the basic writer of the currently running at Marvel Hawkeye Freefall. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Roseberg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hello! Come on out. Welcome. Come Welcome. on out, please. Come sit down. What have you 3D printed for us? <laughs> yeah. um, I've never uh, 3D printed anything, but I do appreciate the magic and artistry of that medium. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think you nailed yeah. Yeah, yeah, you that. Did. I, I don't know how any of that works, but it seems right. very cool. It does. Have you ever been to their, oh, I'm forgetting the name, it's Gulliver's Gate? In no. Times Square, you hang out in Times Square a lot. No, what oh, is are that you the, doing that's there? the miniature. Yeah, the, the miniature yeah. thing. It's actually awesome. If you ever go to Times Square, they have this whole miniature world, and one of the sections they have, uh, if you go at the right time, you can see them three D printing the little figures, and they'll show you how they do it. It's awesome. Just like a plastic squirt gun. Yeah, it's magic. Yeah. It's absolute magic. You know what else is magic? Is making comic books, man. Yeah, we use 3D printers for that. <laughs> yes. Uh, you are putting a little bit of magic out into the world thanks to Hawkeye Freefall, which the first issue just hit. We reviewed on the show. We loved on the oh, show. Yes. Thank Super you. fun. Uh, the second issue is coming out at the end of the month. Yes. Um, but people know who Hawkeye is. But Some of what them, yeah. Is mostly, <laughs> he's a pretty famous character. Who's the uh, arrow guy from the Revengers? What's his right. name? That's right. <laughs> uh, what, is, what was your pitch line for the book, though? Um, well, I'm terrible at that. So Great. <laughs> Great. Um, I, m- mostly I just wanted to do, uh, I told Marvel, I said, I want to do a Hawkeye book um, where he fights the hood because I think the hood is yeah. funny and I think them fighting is funny. But, uh, you know, I, I think the idea that I, I presented Marvel with is just the idea that this is Hawkeye. My original pitch actually for the book uh, I wanted to call it Hawkeye. It's not funny anymore. Was the title <laughs> I, the title on the pitch document because I wanted it to be about sort of Clint Barton's obsession with taking down the hood and how he takes a joke too far and just keeps it going and going until it's a terrible idea. Well, so why is that an essential part of his character to you? Um, yeah, I mean, I I think the the thing that I love about about Clint is I I, I truly think he's one of the great entry characters into the Marvel Universe because he's not he's not uh, particularly super heroic in, in a lot of the archetypal ways he's not he, he doesn't have superpowers he's not a he's not a billionaire he's not a super genius he's he a, fucks up a lot he fucks up constantly. a lot yeah I, well he, that, that's what I like about him is that he's a guy who um, he used to be a, he used to be a villain, but he wasn't like a mustache twirling evil villain. He was just a he was a kid who had a rough upbringing and made some bad choices, and then uh, Captain America stepped in and was like, "You're really good at shooting arrows. You could actually be a good guy." And that was it. And now he spends all his time sort of 
obsessively trying to be a hero and it's he's trying to live up to people like Captain America and Thor and all these people who it, it's not in his nature. And I, I like that. I, I, I think he's the perfect mix of like aspirational and relatable as a, as a hero. And he was a certain thing for a very good long while and not to call out another writer's run, but I think Matt Fraction's run really redefined <laughs> him for a new era. Sure. Uh, how much of that DNA are you pulling on versus trying to push him forward and create your own thing? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm a huge Hawkeye fan my whole life. I love the Mark Grunewald Hawkeye and, and Avengers Spotlight and all, the, all that stuff. But what Matt Fraction and David Aha did in their book um, definitely changed not just like who Hawkeye is, but sort of what you could do in a Marvel book yeah. in a lot of ways. And I, I, you know, I spent a long time, like the book since then, there's been a great run by Jeff Lemire and Ramon Perez, and there's a great Kelly Thompson run. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing that everyone realizes is that you can't replicate what Matt and David did in their book, that it's like, you'd be the crappy cover band version that like (laughs) everyone would be like, well, this is sort of like the songs we like. It's just not as good. But Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. you know, you come to this very difficult decision of like, you take something that works really well and then have to throw out a lot of it and reinvent it. And I think, you know, my, my hope is that in the spirit of what Matt and David did of, of, reinventing the title and doing something different like that's now in the dna of what a hawkeye book is that that every time it has to be reinvented and different and so that's what we're trying to do is like we keep a lot of the continuity i mean we keep all the continuity but we keep a lot (laughs) of the like the tone is similar but there's some differences there's sort of stylistic differences so i think you know it's it's a love letter to their run even in the places where we do something wildly different. How much of Jeremy Renner's music are you listening to? <laughs> I, I listened to that record, yeah. Nice. I definitely, oh, yeah? I definitely oh, wow. did, yeah. Well, All right, what about it's his, his birthday today, store. by the way. It's case, Renner's birthday. It's Renner's birthday. Today? today. We gotta go, we, we're supposed oh. to be at his uh, yeah. oh my God, we gotta real go. estate I've, happy house birthday. flipping party. Yeah. He's a fan of the show, I assume? Uh, of, course. of course. We yeah. bought a bunch of beef jerky from his Amazon website, and we're bringing it to him as a present. Yes. His own beef jerky? That's what he wants. He just wants his businesses to keep going well. He makes beef jerky out of himself. Self. He all, yep, and he uh, <laughs> he flips houses uh, randomly on the side and records music. Wait, is that true? That's flipping? true. Yes, he flips houses. Flips houses. Yes, he's a real estate interest in his life. Look at him, <sighs> fascinating. He is a no, fascinating. No, no. Now, that's a compliment. If I could transition to uh, bring it back to Matt a little bit, um, you you've been killing it at Marvel at this point. Uh, where they just like, hey, whatever you want to do, like you can play with any of the toys uh, in the sandbox, or like. Were you specifically like, hey, I would love to do a Hawkeye book? Um, well, thank you for yeah. saying that I've been killing it. Um, you really have. You've been doing a, and you not only just done like one book the whole time, you've been all over the place, and it's been really impressive to see your range. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, I did a book called Tales of Suspense like a year and a half, two years ago. That was a Hawkeye uh, Winter Soldier team-up book. And when we were doing that, it didn't. Uh, it wasn't the most popular book in the world, mm. with a title like Tales of Suspense and starting at issue one hundred. <laughs> yeah, who, who'd have guessed? People don't like tales anymore. People don't like tales. They don't like suspense at all. No. And, <laughs> just tell me. Yeah, just, can I? Sorry, can I interject just because this was something I discovered over holiday break when we were doing shows, just about yeah. the issue one hundred thing that I thought was so fascinating. Uh, I was reading Crisis on Infinite Earths, tying it to like. Sure. CW thing, and I was prepping for it. Uh, and there's a forward where a Marv Wolfman, uh-huh. and he talks about when he initially was thinking about Crisis on Infinite Earths, 
that he was having trouble with it because they're like, ah, you really got to let a series breathe. You got to let it get to like at least issue six before readers are going to start picking it up back in the day. Like at that point wow. Wow. versus now where they're like, I don't know if we're going to make it to six, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Issue three was pretty good, but we're thinking of rebooting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, the, the, it's funny sometimes to hear. I, I remember going to an image panel once, and there were some of the, guys, some of the original guys talking, and someone was talking about how they had the first image book that was canceled because it dipped below 80,000 sales a month. <laughs> wow. And yeah. we were all like... All the creators in the audience just kind of were kind of just sweat off their eyeing a little bit. (laughs) Oh, cool. Okay, cool. Um, Yeah, comics is fun. Yes. uh, Anyway, Uh, sorry. Back to Tales. Back to Tales. Um, You were complimenting me. Uh, Yeah, and but people liked uh, the way I wrote Hawkeye in the book. They thought he was a, a funny, good time, and. Marvel said, you know, would you like to do more Hawkeye? And I said, yeah, that's it's one of my favorite characters and titles. I would love to. And so I pitched the book right then. And then they gave me Uncanny X-Men and The Punisher was extended. And I was like, "Um, this is the kind of title that I think really I need to focus on a lot. And could we back burner it for a little bit? And Hawkeye was good enough to go off and join the West Coast Avengers for a little bit. So he was on shelves and hanging out there and that excellent run. And then... Uh, that book wrapped as I wrapped on X-Men and Punisher, so we jumped right back into Hawkeye. So, uh, What was it like writing the X-Men book that when everyone was like, there's this whole new relaunch coming, and you're doing the, like, sort of... And we we love that run uh, as well, but it was like picking up the pieces of what came before. Like, did you feel... Uh, pressure to that kind of pressure there to be like clean up all of the things that had yeah it was it was a weird it, it's definitely one of the weirdest things I've worked on in comics because one we were tying up every single other X yeah, title in, into one line and and killing them and half of everyone was dead half of everyone is dead and we're we're killing everyone who isn't and uh, but also it was unique because uh, we knew Jonathan Hickman was coming to do his relaunch and normally. There's sort of the the you're given the book and you run with it and then at the end the next writer sort of takes the torch from you. But mm-hmm. Jonathan was working on it before we were working <laughs> yeah, on and it. You're like, oh fuck. So, well, no, I mean he came in and told us like what he was doing and it's awesome and uh, I love it. But our job was to sort of get to there. So yeah. it was not it wasn't like a get in a car and drive kind of thing. It was a like get to here, which was a, a, a different sort of mission than you're normally given on a book. Well, but at the same time, there has to be a sort of freedom there to be like, this is going to be a bold reset to the X-Men line, so cool, let's cut out Cyclops' eye if we want to. Let's kill yeah. these characters yeah. if we want to. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was interesting because they were like, Marvel's very specific, they were like, this is the end of an era of X-Men, and, and they have their own internal math that, that tells them what the different eras of X-Men are. And they were like, Our, this era started with Grant Morrison. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and then they were like, and it ends with you. And I was like, wow, that's, that's cool. That's weird. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, it, it's, it's, they were like, end it. End it the way you think this era should end. And, oh, wow. and Grant Morrison started it killing 8 million mutants on Genosha. And I was like, well, we'll let's do, do the rest. Well, let's, uh, and I do want to get back to Hawkeye in a second. But let's talk about the end there. Because you actually left it on a little bit of a dangling note with yeah. Magneto and X-Men having a conversation about potentially restarting a universe if i'm remembering it correctly that yeah that's that's the there that's the age of x-men stuff and then yeah there there's that and and then we have the other thing that cyclops and his team are 
is sort of preparing to go to war. Do you feel like that's something that will ever be brought, you'll be ever be able to come back to, or is that done at this point? Me? Or somebody? Uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, what's interesting about the, the Hickman stuff, people keep thinking that it's a, a reset in the way that, like, DC resets things. And Marvel doesn't do that, and that's not what it is. Like, it, it, it is a continuation of the story. It's just a jarringly <laughs> crazy, huge, bold yeah. continuation. Yeah, fucked up. Uh, <laughs> well, he doesn't are, like it. Well, yeah, I, 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 I'm a huge fan of it, but it is. He doesn't uh, like to have his islands fucking other islands. Well, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, you know, that's they not the book for you. They must be buried first. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, settle I, down with an archipelago. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that, I think that a lot of the stuff that we did, and you know, will be touched on in places. I don't have any plans right now to okay. go back and do X stuff for the, I'm having fun being a fan of X-Men and getting to play in the street level stuff. And I just did a cosmic thing and all that's really fun for me. Are, are, is there a plan for you to go back to Punisher? No. Oh, you <laughs> broke my heart. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm Pete sorry. liked your Punisher run. Yeah, yeah, man. It was really great. I know you were, I remember I was on here a long time ago and you were very nervous because I was yeah. putting him in the war machine armor. And yeah, you were like, yeah. that's not a good idea. And I was like, <laughs> you, know. you proved me wrong. You well, proved me wrong. Let's get back to Hawkeye for a second. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, how did you choose the hood as a villain? What was appealing about him? Yeah, um, the hood is, I think, one of the great, great Marvel villains. And uh, he's just, you know, from his introduction in the book by Brian Vaughn and Kyle Hotz, like yeah. he's just a super cool, interesting, unique villain. But he he has two things going for him that I really liked, which is one he has a he's a, he was developed as a villain outside of hero, a hero book. So yeah, because he, he it was in a, uh, he launched with his own book. Yeah, right? it was yeah. just called The Hood. Yeah, and so he he doesn't he's not he doesn't have like he's not like a Norman Osborn or a Red Skull or a Kingpin where it's like there's a, a direct foil for them. Mm-hmm. He's he's sort of a freelance villain, <laughs> um, but also I, I think in a lot of ways he's. A character who's very similar to Hawkeye in in like he's he's a he's not necessarily a he didn't start off as a bad guy he was just a kid with a rough childhood and he was looking out for his family and trying to take care of them fell into crime and then got a magical demon cloak and now he's a crime boss because <laughs> wasn't he was like a henchman basically he was like a and henchman he who this, fa- yeah. yeah who found yeah. this thing and he had a wife and kid and he was trying to take care of them and. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, early on, I, I sort of, I was thinking about doing this story with, with Kingpin and, you know, I, I wanted to use Kingpin cause I love Kingpin and, you know, Marvel was like, it might not work. Talk to Zdarsky and I called him and he was like, well, I'm using him a bunch, but we could try and make it work. And, and I was like, well, let me go back to the drawing board and, and the hood came up and, and I was like, oh my God, that's great. And I think there's a really fun parallel between the two of them, between, Clint and, and the hood in that they're both, you know, the, the, they can see a lot of themselves in the other person. And I, I think that, you know, my, my favorite sort of rivalry in comics is the, is the daredevil kingpin rivalry where they're, mm-hmm. they're similar characters, they're similar figures, um, but they just can't get on the same side of anything and they can't see eye to eye. And I think if there's a driving force between daredevil, it, it's sort of the, this idea of their crisis of, of faith that they, that both of them have, have a real, real problems with their beliefs and, and their faith. And I thought, well, the Hood and, and Hawkeye have the same sort of thing, and they can have the same dynamic of being very similar people who drive each other nuts because they can see themselves in the other, 
but both of them have a real crisis of of self confidence. Like mm-hmm. Hawkeye's always trying to prove himself as an Avenger and trying to prove that he's a hero, and the Hood is always trying to do it as a villain. And and both of them don't necessarily. Both of them are driven a lot by the idea that they have something to prove. And then they see the inverse of themselves in the other, and it's infuriating. So I'm hoping that, you know, we can come out of this with a real Hood versus Hawkeye becoming a rivalry that really matters if they both survive. That's awesome. I love that uh, because I feel like the Hood was the villain for a long time where a New York-based hero would just beat up randomly yeah, yeah. and th- then move on to the rest of the story they want to tell. And so I really love the depth of thinking on that and because I think they're also both sort of funny and they're both yeah. like, sort of like... Uh, less, like you said, less ego driven. So they like are like quit fucking around. Like they 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 bust each other's balls a little bit in a way that I think is really fun. Yeah, and I think uh, the other the other thing that I really like about the dynamic is that the hood is just a little bit out of Hawkeye's weight class. Like he's just yeah. a yeah. little bit more dangerous than Hawk, someone Hawkeye should be going up against. And I think for uh, for Hawkeye, like you know, normally your villain you want someone you can go toe to toe with. Hawkeye should have an antagonist too. You're everyone else kinda like, oh, you shouldn't be going toe to toe with that guy. <laughs> yeah. Like and so I want that to be that's sort of a theme in the book is just people being like, Are you sure you don't want like Doctor Strange <laughs> to go after him or yeah. something? And, you know uh, Doctor Strange. Just call yeah, him. Yeah, just call like he's... he'll come. Like people like you, Clint, like they'll help you. And <laughs> and he's just this stubborn driven guy who who wants to take the hood down. There's a great scene that I think gets to the heart of this in the first issue where after the hood has been let out of not prison, but he, he's gotten out. He's been letting go, let go from a court case. The kingpin picks him up in a limo, and Hawkeye gets into the limo with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is such a fascinating choice on his part. And they proceed to have a conversation about like the difference between them as heroes and villains, and yeah. how there's not much. Talk us through what went into that scene. Yeah, I mean, I think you know it was, it was important to me early on that that Clint sort of sees something that that drives him crazy, and like. He caught the hood, like he did it, and he thinks that's the end, and now he wants to gloat, and he goes to court. I love that he goes to court, too. Yeah. Like, he, you never see that in yeah. the heroes. <laughs> like, I want to go see this fucker get locked up. Yeah, and, and I, I, love I, I, I thought it was a fun idea. I wrote a bigger thing for it where he was, like, going through the metal detector and being like, I'm an Avenger. <laughs> it's okay. Like, I can have a bow and arrow. And they were like, funny. you can't have a bow and arrow in court, even <laughs> if you're an Avenger. But we had to cut it for space. But, yeah, so I, uh, the idea is this, that he's super frustrated that, like, he thought he'd done everything right and, and got this big win, and he doesn't. And, and he, he sees the Hood leaving in a limo while <laughs> yeah. he's got to go home on the, on the subway, and the Hood is drinking champagne. And, and I, I just wanted a scene where, like, they could really lay out, like, get to know each other, size each other up, and, and like you'd find out very quickly that the hood doesn't care about Hawkeye and Hawkeye cares about the hood a whole lot. <laughs> and so it's, it's, that's really the moment I needed that turning point where, where Hawkeye is like, I'm going to make the hood care about me. Like that's, that's my mission is to the hood will be upset when he sees me coming. Uh, and then there's a secondary villain or maybe the major villain uh, at towards the end of the first issue where we get to see there's a new Ronin. There's yes. somebody in the Ronin costume. It's not Clint, or at least it seems not to be Clint, unless there's some sort of tricky stuff Magic. going on. Uh, but what was the walk me through the choice there to use Ronin in particular? Yeah. So, um, if, for those who don't know, Hawkeye uh, he died. It was very sad, and uh, mm-hmm. he came back from the dead. And was happy, but he didn't want to tell people he's back from the dead. So he dressed up as Ronan, and he didn't reveal his identity. And he was sort of doing uh, kind of crazy stuff when he was Ronan. He was working in the shadows. He wasn't acting like himself. It was sort of a dark time for him. 
Um, and so basically we have this idea that, that Clint is now out there and he's, he's got his sights set on the hood and he, he wants to bring the hood down and, and annoy him and bring him to justice and, and do the whole thing. And, and he's entering territory where even his friends are kind of like, this isn't a good idea. And, and he's, and he can't see that. And meanwhile, this sort of specter from his past, like the, the Ronin costume, literally like one of his worst ideas that he's had in a long time <laughs> is running around causing all this chaos and, and getting in fights and attacking government agents and, and, and fighting superheroes. And it's putting more eyes on him and it's sort of making him a center of attention when he doesn't want to be because he's about to embark on a very stupid mission. And so it's <laughs> while he goes forward, his past is sort of chasing behind him echoing all of his past mistakes and bringing them into the present and making him sort of realize that he's always sort of been on this path of like kind of bad ideas. And so that's, that's the Ronin as, as the story goes, Ronin becomes a bigger part of it and, and who he is and what his role is, is our exciting mystery. Uh, I did want to ask you, I don't know if this was your choice or this came from Marvel itself, but the title of the comic Hawkeye Freefall is such an interesting choice. Was that something that was discussed, or was it <laughs> on board when you came on board? No, uh, it was not on board when I came on board. We went through a lot of different uh, things. Um, I wanted to call it Hawkeye. It's not funny anymore. Marvel very much did not want a title that <laughs> was implying that it was not funny. Um, then we, uh, we, we, it was just a weeks of me and Alana, my editor, and a bunch of other people just yelling titles at each other over email. <laughs> and, and Freefall came out, and we were all kind of like, huh. And it, it, I liked it because it was ambiguous enough. Um, it has a meaning that, that I think is significant to the book. And, but, but just on the surface level, it, 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 you know, it, it's sort of a terrifying idea that it's like, well, Clint's walking this tightrope and free fall, but it also, it, it's sort of a invigorating, liberating feeling that it's like, what is it, you know, like, what does it mean when you, it, it can be a good or bad thing. It's ambiguous enough that like, mm-hmm. we don't want people to necessarily know if this is a good fall or a it's bad It's fun one. if you have a parachute. It's fun. Oh, exactly. Right. Yeah. It does seem like a very typical Clint Barton thing where if there's any character that can find a new rock bottom each time, it's probably. Yeah. It. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, you also have something else coming up, which is Forceworks. Yes. I'm writing Forceworks in February, which I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited about. Yeah. Um, so what, what is your take on this new Forceworks? Yeah. So, uh, at Marvel, there's a big event coming out called Iron Man 2020 that Dan Slott is helming. That is, uh, Dan was kind enough to walk all of us writers through it. And I was like, this is very cool. Like I'm very into this. And then. I was like, this would be fun to work on. And then we hit a point where they were like, yeah, and we're looking for some other tie-ins. And they were listing potential books. And I was like, that's cool. And then they were like, and Forceworks. And I just like sat up like a <laughs> lightning bolt because I, I love the original Forceworks. I think it's such a fun book. And and they haven't really done a lot with it. And it's one of those titles that like is just kind of dormant always. And I, I said, you know, it's Forceworks. Who's writing that? And they were like, no one yet. And they were like, do you want to write <laughs> yeah. um, I think they were uh, confused about my enthusiasm for it. But uh, yeah, I, I, I love the original. And I said, yeah, I'll do it as long as I can get a U.S. agent. And they were like, yeah, sure. Why <laughs> not? Because I don't know. He's tied up in a bunch of other titles. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. He weirdly, right after that, was in Captain America. And I was oh, like, wait, 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 wait,
government Avengers? No, no, they're after the Avengers say that uh, the West Coast Avengers can't be Avengers anymore. Tony Stark is like, well, I'll fund my own Avengers that are. Uh, The idea is that they're proactive in solving crisis, but they just work like the Avengers. Um, (laughs) But they live in a place, uh, they live in this new compound that he built, and then there's a weird alien named Century there. Not Century. Century. Not not a Bill and Ted tie-in. No. Okay. No. Wow. Uh, Station. That's who I was thinking. Yeah. I'm sorry. I got that wrong. Yeah. Station. Yes. I mean, either way, not a not a Bill and Ted tie-in. <laughs> um, then, uh, yeah. So that's the original. Ours has nothing to do with that. Um, but we have. Uh, it's it, it's a lot of uh, West Coast Avengers because I have a soft spot for them. So it's Mockingbird and U.S. Agent and War Machine, and then we threw Quake in, and it all ties into the the big. Um, the big Iron Man 2020 thing, basically, uh, I don't know how much I'm supposed to say, but that book is coming out soon, so let's just go for it. Uh, there's, a, nice. there's a robot uprising coming, and uh, Forceworks is the governmental response squad to that there. Nice. Yeah, and so it's, it's Rhodey and U.S. Agent and Mockingbird and Quake sort of going off to uh, an, an island off, of, uh, off the coast of South America, goes dark, just goes completely black and they no one knows what happens and so they get inserted into it to find out what's going on and it goes very poorly for robots them. Oh, no. oh, robots maybe robots. maybe yeah maybe. we don't maybe. know what it is it could know. be robots. it could just be everyone turn their lights on <laughs> yeah there you, you know, go to save power uh well cool check the both of those things out uh, definitely check out hawkeye freefall uh and the new issue coming out at the end of the month uh check out forceworks next month and we're gonna move on with our next section which we like to call the stack yeah, yeah we do uh, in the stack, we're going to talk about a couple of books that came out this past week, which was January 1st, New oh, Year's. Yes, nice. Yeah. yeah. There you go. So happy New Year, everybody. Uh, Daredevil number 16 from Marvel Comics. We'll talk about that first. Uh, Justin, you like this book well, quite a bit. Also, what's nice is Daredevil's actually in this. For a while, right. he wasn't. So yeah. Daredevil's actually back, which is nice. Well, sort of, sort because he, he's like he's like my name's Matt, but he's not. Yeah, he's his not face. saying he's Daredevil anymore. He's got to find a new thing. Right, right. he's just Matt Murdock wearing a costume and fighting crime. Yeah, and, and sleeping with Elektra, and somehow she's like, who <laughs> and are fighting you? the Kingpin? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but not Daredevil. No, no he's, he's also friends with Foggy Nelson. Not Daredevil. Different guy. Yeah, completely different guy. Uh, but yeah, there was actually a really. Interesting moment where he confronts Kingpin, and Kingpin basically laughs at him. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, of all the fighting that they did, uh, that had to hurt the most, where your arch enemy is just laughing at you, like, oh, I thought you made a better choice. I thought you moved on with your life. I was so happy for you. You got out. And he's like, no, I'm not out. And he just starts laughing at him. Uh, I think so much of this issue is about, like, Hell's Kitchen is going to kill you, Daredevil. Mm -hmm. And it's like... When is he going to move to a different neighborhood? He has to move right. to a different neighborhood. Also, that's He's a probably, pretty nice neighborhood. That's what I'm saying. Hell's right. Kitchen is no longer it's a It's going to kill you place. with delicious food. Yeah. The delicious food. The, the rent's going to go up, but he's not going to be able to afford to live in yeah, Hell's that's Kitchen. True. That's what he has to listen is. for is yeah. the rent's going I used up. to live in Hell's Kitchen for two years. Wow. wow. Yeah. What crimes <laughs> did you witness? Yeah. I would always stand on the rooftop at the end of the night and just stare out. Wow. Nice. But you can't hear. No, I'm, well. I'm basically dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like Daredevil, but I'm bad at everything. You reverse Daredevil. You <laughs> yeah. can see and you can hear. Exactly. <laughs> cool. That's an actual. You're the Foggy Nelson. Pete loves Foggy Nelson, but you're our Foggy Nelson. Thanks. You love me, right, Pete? Nope. 
Gotta mm. love me. I'm the baby. <laughs> cool. Very cool. Thanks. Uh, this title is very good. The art is great. The writing is great. Uh, I do love the character stuff that's going on. Uh, in particular, I love, uh, you know, I'm sorry it got taken away from you, Matt, but having Kingpin as a regular character in this title is so good. He's the wacky neighbor of Daredevil. He sort of pops what? in and is just like, I'm here for just this scene. Well, there's so much, uh, there's so many other things going on with him. It's not as much in this issue, but he is dealing with a new level of crime that he has not been prepared to deal with at all, yeah. essentially. He's getting out crimed. Pete, anything you want to say about this? Yeah, I was. You feel uh, like you're bursting at the seams right yeah, now. Yeah, well, there's, there's a lot to unpack with the nonsense you guys just said. Uh, but. It, He's not a wacky neighbor. Like, okay. he's the mayor, and he's also, like, trying to deal with, like, legal... I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, the mayor of New York actually lives in Park Slope, so technically he is my wacky He neighbor. is your wacky neighbor. He's and I'll tell you neighbor. what, he is a wacky neighbor. Yeah, he is. I know uh, a friend of mine lives in a building that he owns, and he and his wife sometimes pop by. Oh, really? Just to, like, fix the uh, pipes and stuff? Gotta, like, uh, demand the rent? Gotta love him. (laughs) He's the man. I I don't know what's happening right now. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, uh, Kingpin's dealing with a lot. It's also, like, this whole thing of, like, which is very topical, like, uh, Kingpin's trying to legalize marijuana, and there's, like, all this crazy stuff of, like, he, like, tried to push out all these people so he could have all these, like, fields and make a ton of money, and they're like, nah, it doesn't work like that. And it's, like, very interesting Daredevil right now is so different and so new. It's kind of crazy uh, what's going on because it's not kind of the status quo. Daredevil's not Daredevil. He doesn't want to dress as Daredevil. Kingpin's trying to legalize weed. It's like, what is happening in so this book? So you like right? Kingpin and that's weird? Yeah, yeah. It's weird to be rooting for Kingpin. And, you know, I'm like, come on, man. Come on. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah. Because if it works in the comic, you know, the mayor of New York right. has to yeah. see that. That's the, it's a legally, King, binding, yeah. it's a legally <laughs> binding comic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's true. Uh, all right, let's move on and talk about Martian Manhunter number 11 from DC Comics. This is the second to last issue of this title uh, by Steve Orlando and Riley Rosmo. Uh, man, the art in this book is so good. It's every very good. Issue. And it's gotten different and sort of more better as the series has gone on. It was like, uh, all the Martian, the planets, the stuff on Mars was very, like, gloopy and very specific to it. And it's all just sort of hardened up to be this really just great uh, final couple issues here. Yeah, I mean, it's very creative and very different from any Martian Manhunter stuff that I've seen. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's really a great story. There's a lot going on. A lot of stuff kind of coming to head in this issue uh, it's, 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 I love Martian Manhunt as a character, and to see Steve Orlando kind of at the helm and all the different creative stuff he's doing is really fantastic. Uh, have you been checking this one out, Matt? I have, yes. I, I, uh, I was not particularly a Martian Manhunter fan going in, but I think it's a... He made me like him. No, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Steve, Stephen Riley did a good job. Yeah. And God it is... It. It is uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of both. I always think Steve is one of the really great character writers like yep. if you just let him do character stuff he's gonna knock it out of the park and like his take on Martian Manhunter is great and and Riley's always been awesome and and this is great a lot of good zip a tone a lot of a lot of little dots I like dots so you know, many right? dots okay. yeah. so many dots Tiny he's not gonna dots. like that uh, I didn't notice that, but now I'll look for them. Oh, they're there. There you go. Well, oh, they're <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, this is great. Uh, definitely pick this up. Last one we're going to talk about, de- de- Detective Comics. Excuse me. Mm. 1018 
from DC Comics. Uh, this is kicking off a new storyline, very timely, set at Christmas. It's just in time for Christmas. <laughs> yes. Uh, Batman has to go. Um, there's a maybe a ghost of a Viking. Sure. Uh, and he puts a bunch of humans on a giant Christmas tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This book is pretty crazy. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's pretty gory. I mean, Peter J. Shamasi does not... Who wrote this does not shy away from gore or actual horror in his comic books. But I will say, on the other side, Bruce Wayne and Batman are sort of the fun uh, versions of him, like yes. the sort of Batman the animated series uh, version, where he's like um, uh, Harvey Bullock is there, and he's like sort of fighting with him a little bit, and he uh, he's funny, and I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it, their back and forth is actually very enjoyable. There's a couple of times in this book, to your point, where I realized I don't think I've seen Bruce Wayne smile in years. Yeah. He should lighten up. He's in a great relationship. Come on. You're a Batman. That's pretty cool. You're a Batman. And so there's a fucked up Christmas tree. It's Figure it out. Solve the mystery. You love solving mysteries. You're rich. Go on a vacation. uh, You know. Dogs also play a prominent role. Uh, they kind of take over for Alfred in this, which is kind of crazy. Now, do you feel offended by that, that these dogs are going to replace your butler friend? <laughs> yeah, 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 I do. Yes. But there so, was a moment there where he was kind of like, you know. Yeah, smart. he's asleep in the chair at the back computer, and the dogs bring him his phone, and Lucius Fox is calling. And he's like, hey, I'll be right there, Lucius. I think we're like one or two issues away from the dogs walking on their hindquarters hind like, and be like, soup, soup, soup. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to the, get that. The dogs are uh, kind of amazing in this comic. Yeah, what would you feel about that if one of the dogs became the new Alfred? If I, he put on a little tux. Yeah, it the, became a ceremonial title. Like I, I feel like, first off, you can't separate them. You can't just have one dog, you know. The fact that the two of them, you know. Oh, if so. one dog rode the other dog <laughs> in a tux. Okay, all right. And, then then he, and, yeah. and to be clear, they're trying to sneak into an R-rated movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the old trench coat move. Uh, yeah. I think that... It's it's sad. We're dealing in a time right now where Batman doesn't have Alfred and like in your job, like what if one day you walked in and they replaced you with two dogs? I would feel <laughs> would good about be, that. Would I you be like, man, that sucks? Uh, I would, no, I'd be like, good move, good move, boss. <laughs> You'd appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, uh, two two dogs could replace me. No, well, man, no, man. It would take at least three dogs. To yeah, exactly. Oh, thanks. I man. would say okay. like a handful of kittens would <laughs> <laughs> replace you. Yeah. Um, now, on the flip side, do you feel like if you don't really want to go into work someday, you could send two dogs? Oh, in yeah, that would jobs? that would actually work <laughs> as a little. Yeah, excuse. people would be super happy if instead of me showing up, two dogs showed up. Yeah, um, just teach one of the dogs to say, Butterser. <laughs> I don't mean work here. I mean, his other dog. <laughs> we can't have Pete replaced by two dogs. Job? <laughs> Pete's Are you t- getting paid for How this? Dogs can replace Pete. Pete is here. He barks. He sits. Right. He, holy shit, we could replace him with dogs. Oh, man. Roll over. <laughs> Fuck no, you. it did work. All right, we'll keep trying. We'll get you a no treats. We need no to treats, find a Pete. dog that says fuck you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and that's out there. I'm sure we can find it's that. If anybody there. knows a dog uh, that says fuck you that we can adopt, please hit us up at, at Comic Book Live. <laughs> and now we're going to move on to my favorite section because you guys make it up. It is your audience question. Oh, yeah. Ooh, All right, everybody. Up. This is where we come out to you. You ask us questions for our amazing guest or for all of us, and you get some free comics. So a bunch of hands shoot up already. I'll go to the closest hand first. Uh, what is your name? What is your question? 
Hi, my name is Kier. How's it going? Hey, Kier. Yo. Yo. So, my question is for Matthew. Smart. Yes. Uh, Good choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> sorry. Uh, first of all, I loved your appearance in that video that uh, Ryan Panagos and Tucker Marcus did a few months ago. Oh, yeah. Where they were like office style talking about Hawkeye. Yes. I uh, had to sneak a bow and arrow into the Marvel office, and at one point, Marvel, someone important, stuck their head into the room and was like, did you bring a weapon into the office? Ooh. And I was like, was I not supposed to? And they were like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then it ended, and I had to ride the subway home with a bow and arrow. Anyway, continue. Wow. Cool. Um, <laughs> I got to check out this video. Terrifying. Uh, so, yeah, um, you were mentioning how you had to call Chip Zdarsky about the Kingpin and stuff, and... Um, he also did a video, like, he had to call Donny Cates about something. Like, how often do the Marvel writers, like, communicate to each other, being like, hey, what are you doing with this character? Hey, what happened here? Um, it depends on sort of what you're working on and, and what, what the project is. Um, I think a lot of people like talking to Chip because he's funny. So hmm. you, uh, you call Chip when you're bored. But um, the... Yeah, I mean, the, everything's connected. It, we, we all are, are comic book fans, and we enjoy it when it's connected and it works, and you don't end up contradicting anything. Contradicting anything. So, you know, editors are there to do it, but it, it's always fun to bounce ideas off of people and see what they're doing and, and check in with them. So, you know, I talk to a lot of the other writers pretty regularly, for sure. Did you ever have to Skype with Grant Morrison to just hear him rant uh, as you were bookending? Is <laughs> at the X-Men age? Yeah, yeah. I, he, I, he called me. I don't even know why. He just calls me and just <laughs> says things. Oh, I, oh. <laughs> yeah. just He doesn't know who I am. He just randomly calls phone <laughs> he, numbers. He does dial random numbers <laughs> yeah. and just talk to whoever picks it. Yeah. Took me, it took me months to figure out who he was <laughs> yeah. on the phone because it, it's restricted. And... There's one long month, months of one phone call. Yeah. Uh, all right. I saw another question over here. What's your name? What's your question? My name is Kevin. And, of course, you talked about how, you know, this was about pairing up Hawkeye with the Hood, who was not a villain traditionally associated with Hawkeye. And, you know, in the history of comics, there have been a lot of these uh, times where you've taken a hero up against a villain who wasn't traditionally associated with them, mm. you know, to bring out something new about the hero. And so what are some of uh, your favorite examples of that for oh, everybody? Man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's a good one. Favorite I think it's type. weird that now Lex Luthor has become sort of Batman's uh, villain, especially in, like, Justice League and oh, whatnot. Okay. Like, I feel like they have more of a dialogue than Superman and Lex Luthor do because they're such, like, heady dudes. Um, but I, I think that's a good matchup. Sort of maybe a more natural matchup in some ways. Uh, this is kind of a classic example, but Spider-Man versus the Juggernaut, that was great. Like, just there's no reason for the Juggernaut to fight Spider-Man. He can't stop him, and I think ultimately he doesn't. He just actually, like, slows him down just enough, right, at the end of the he issue? He webs him up? Did, yeah. he could, didn't he web his helmet off? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but, but it's great. Like, that's, that's something that I think really gets to the core of Spidey is you end up at the end of the issue with his just his costume in shreds and he's beaten to shit, but he's managed to save the city 10%, you know, and that that's classic Spider-Man to me. Matt, do you have an answer um, to this one? Well, the cop-out answer would be the Kingpin and Daredevil because Kingpin was traditionally a Spider-Man right. villain. But I think that he, Daredevil, I feel like, is fully taken. Yeah. That ship is... Yeah, is, once you get through the Frank Miller run, it's like, well, this is now a... But uh, my favorite... My favorite sort of moment in Mismatched Heroes is the, the issue where the Punisher is going to kill Stiltman. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
because it's it's a real moment of like reflecting on who the Punisher is and everything that that is wrong with him. That he just wants to shoot a guy who's really tall, and yeah. <laughs> and and he doesn't kills Tiltman. But it's it's such a good issue of like just the idea of them going at each other is is like I mean Stiltman he's going to shoot Stiltman from across the street. He's not fighting Stiltman. He's just going to shoot him in the face. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just this great sort of moment that that where the villain defines the hero in a sort of new way for me that I, I really loved. And then oh. Punisher becomes Stillman. Right, you, Pete? No, I've got nothing, man. I am totally blanking on this. Like, all I'm thinking is uh, about, like, not uh, when I felt like it, uh, you know, like a crappy villain beats somebody who they shouldn't be able to beat. And like it's Punisher versus Archie, Archie being the villain. Sure. Huh? Archie, the super villain. Yeah, right, right. That makes sense. Because Punisher is the hero? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's right. what we're all saying. Yeah, yeah, we all agree. We all yeah. agree on that? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Punisher's a hero. A Archie's fucked hero. up. What, what the fuck? Make yeah. a choice, Archie. I, I will say in defense of Archie versus the Pun- Archie meets the Punisher that he's not trying to kill Archie. He's trying to kill someone in Riverdale who looks a lot like Archie and is a drug runner. Ah, yeah. A spoiler, identity. if you haven't read the comic that came out 30 years ago. What drug runners look looks like Archie? And why is he in Riverdale? Yeah. Like, mm, well, it makes a little more sense nowadays. I think Archie's the one running the drugs. That's my You think so? Well. Yeah. Jingle jangle, jingle, little jingle jangle. jangle. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I think we have time for one more question. You, sir, over there, come on down. What is your name? What is your question? Why is your favorite band Third Eye Blind? Hey, I don't hate it. Uh, my favorite band is not Third Eye Blind. I just went on tour with them like two months ago. Oh! Yeah. In your face! Yeah, suck it, Alps. Why don't you And open it's also your warm. The, it's a hoodie and it's warm. Yeah. Uh, my question was for Matt. I was wondering if he can tell us anything, hopefully, about his 2020 release of his Image Comics release. What's the furthest, what's the furthest place from here? If he can. Anything. Nice. Yes, I can tell you things about that. Um, it's coming out in 2020. Good. Uh, from Image. It's uh, me and Tyler Boss, who uh, is my co-creator and collaborator on Four Kids Walking Old Bank. Which yes. we did. Oh, right. so good. So yeah, we're doing a book at Image uh, that is delayed due to me, um, but will be out this year. And is uh, uh, I'm really excited about it. It's a it's a dark coming of age post apocalyptic coming of age story. It's about a a gang of children who live in a record store after the world has ended. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, the I'm really excited about it. It's it's. It's sort of the inverse of Four Kids Walking No Bank in some ways. Like we took Four Kids Walking No Bank and we crammed in as much of the stuff that we love as we could. So it's like, well, we're just going to reference like, you know, all these like crime movies we love and all these old crime comics and like Wes Anderson movies and like Whit Stillman and all these like things that just sort of don't go together and just smash them together. And then all the stuff that didn't fit that we love. Uh, we were like, well, let's just take all that stuff and put it in a new book. So it's a whole bunch of more <laughs> mash stuff together. So it's like a coming of age story, and it's a and it's a a bunch of fun sci fi and post apocalyptic stuff, and it's fun. 
Cool. Uh-huh. And music, a lot of music. There is music, yeah. They live in a rec- the kids live in a record store, but the world has ended a long time ago, and so they don't actually know what the records are. They know they're important, and they all, oh, when you wow. grow up, you pick a record, and you, you, it's your record, and it's yours forever, and you sort of, it defines you, but they don't actually know what they do or how to use them. They just have to oh, carry their record all the time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. All right, thank you for your questions. So we're going to move on to our next section, which is trivia, and for that, we're going to turn it over to Mr. Pete LePage. Uh, in 2020, he continues his run as oh. a star of trade. Oh, man. Cool. All right. Uh, this part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win $25 free dollars in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics. Who would like a uh, $25 free dollars? Simple raising of the hand. That, yeah, yeah, you yeah. guy in the back, come on down. Come All on the way down. from the back. Come on down. This is like the Golden Globes, right? Yeah. It's nice. so it's much flea, like flea the bag over here. Yes, good. Flea All bag. Right. Uh, great. Uh, what is your name, sir? Matt. Matt, it's audience, audience, Matt. Matt. Uh, I- uh, yeah. How this is going to work, I'm going to uh, read you a question, listen to all three possible answers. Yes. Get all three questions right, $25 yours. Today's trivia is on topical comic and TV news. Ooh, TV news. Okay. Question number one. And that's an addition. Usually it's just topical comic news. Thanks. But now it's TV. Cool. Good. <laughs> it's good. <sighs> Who is writing the new Wolverine number one out February 19th? Is it A, Benjamin Percy, B, Greg Pak, or is it C, Steve Coogan? So it's either A, or you could be wrong. Wow. <laughs> and just to be clear, this is comic news. Thanks. T- this is not a TV news, which is a new factor here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Steve Coogan is an actor. That is correct. Yes, yes. yes. He's, uh, you in... don't want to overthink these, Matt. No, no. So that's why I'm going to trust my best friend in the world, Pete LePage, and say A. Yeah, that is wow. correct. Yay. Great choice. Oh, wow, guys, I have a new best friend. Yay. Yay. Punisher. Yeah. All right. He gets it. All right, question number two. In the new Hawkeye Freefall comic... Clint must stop an unmasked who? Is it A, Matt Rosenberg, B, the new Ronin, or C, Ricky Gervais? So if you know anything, uh, A wouldn't make sense at all because he's writing it. Right. Mm. So he probably wouldn't put himself in there. People Um, do do that. Or you could pick B. Mm. Or B could also be C. Oh. Just saying. You're over. Uh, co- a, poor yeah. guy's trying to win twenty five bucks I'm here. Trying, yeah, yeah, a lot of factors here. Uh, and again, this is sort of a blend between comic and TV. News. Matt, don't listen to Matt. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, you just want to go with B on this one, right? Well, I think we all hate Ricky Gervais. I didn't watch the Golden Globes, but I also was listening earlier, and the answer is B. Yeah, nice. right. Congratulations for listening. Way Yay. To listen. All right, here we go, Justin. I'm here. All right. <laughs> oh, is this where we're getting to the, the TV? Yeah, yeah. Here we oh, go. Okay. See, that's what I'm saying. You, when you see I'm a talent like Pete Page, the star, Uh-oh. he brings new factors. What are we doing this different, <laughs> you and I? Nothing. He, he's adding TV, topical TV news. Okay. Former Comic Alliance editor-in-chief, blank, has joined the writing team of HBO Max's DMZ TV series. Is it? A, Laura Hudson, B, Laura Dern, or is it C, Paul Rudd? Ooh, that is very easy to figure out. It's very easy. 
Because I don't think Laura Dern or Paul Rudd are giving up their day jobs anytime soon. The answer is A. Yes, congratulations, a. Matt. Twenty-five free dollars Thank is you. yours. Wow. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah. Absolutely yes. incredible. Go uh, now, Peter, are we still doing this thing in the new yep. year? Yeah. Great. So there's a secret quiz in Pete's third answers. Probably, what are we on now? Still Robin Williams movies? That's right. Okay, great. Uh, So, Robin Williams movies, for some reason, third answer, Steve Coogan... Ricky uh, Gervais. Ricky Gervais. And and Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Laura Dern. Kevin over here has a guess. What is it, Kevin? Well, I was sure until you said Paul Rudd, because I know he was with Gervais and Coogan in the Night at the Museum movies. That's correct. Nice. There you go. Uh, Paul Rudd also in that. What, What did he play, Pete? Uh, you looked at the IMDb, I don't know, I want to say an hour ago. No, actually, uh, you know, since we didn't get to trivia on the last show, it was left over, so it's been a while. <laughs> so you don't um, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> all right. Nice. Uh, great news. As we all know, tomorrow is new comic book day. We recommend you go to Midtown Comics. We all know that. <laughs> See, look, he's expanding into your part of the show. Uh, he's, he's go eating, for it, Pete. What do you want to say? He's eating your lunch. Uh, new year, new rules. All right, yeah, so we're all, uh, well, let's talk about what comic we're looking forward to that's coming out tomorrow. Uh, who should go first? Uh, Justin, why don't you go first? It's crazy. Uh, um, okay, well, I'm... <laughs> Not usually ready, <laughs> but let me think here. Uh, so flustered, let me think. Comics coming out tomorrow. There's a comic right. book. There's a tiny book with pictures and words. Okay, no problem. Wait, where I got should this. I go? Where, where should, should I go, go should to go get to, comics? Uh, who has been nice enough to sponsor the show? I don't even know. Nobody knows. Who is it? Midtown Comics. Midtown Comics has been nice enough to sponsor the show. Yeah. So you're probably okay. going to Midtown. I'm probably tomorrow. going to go to Midtown. I'll yeah. tell you what. I, I go to Jim Hadley's universe now. Oh, oh now he's gone bro. Fuck you. Fuck you. I go to anywhere comics. I don't know. I'm stuck in this court. I mean, after, wow, you really uh, got <laughs> cocky there. Do you, do you have a comic? <laughs> do you want me to talk about mine? Um, I'm looking forward to um, Ascender number eight is coming yeah. out tomorrow, a comic I really like. Uh, written by Jeff uh, Lemire and uh, drawn by Dustin Nguyen. And it is a the sort of the sequel to Descender, a comic that ran for a very long time, about, all about how robots destroy, are destroying the universe, and this is how magic has taken the place of robots. It's a very cool sort of uh, dichotomy between the two series. Def, check it out. Uh, I'm going to talk... Uh, Wait, who's going to go next? I'm going to go next. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Ronan Island. Uh, Greg Pak uh, is writing this. It's a crazy kind of mix-up between old-school Japan uh, kind of Ronin lifestyle and also zombie apocalypse. Mm. And it's very creative and a lot of fun, and Greg Pak is a fantastic writer. Cool. Can I go now, Pete? Is yes, that okay? Uh, I'm looking forward to the Dollhouse Family number three is coming out for DC Comics from the Hill House line tomorrow. Uh, it's this too is creepy. A, uh, it's a very creepy, very messed up horror comic from M.R. Carey and Peter Gross. Uh, it takes place in two timelines. There's an evil dollhouse that is trying to consume this girl while back in the, uh, the day there's this very Lovecraftian horror thing happening with a cave and a demon lady and all these other things. Absolutely awesome storytelling. You can check out a review of that at our Stack Podcast that posts Wednesday at 9 a.m. Uh, also, we're going to have a review of Justin's pick as well. Yeah, Matt, plug your stuff again. What should people check out? I thought you were going to ask me what I was excited for tomorrow, and I was going to say, I don't know what comes out tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. We yeah, used so, to force people to um, do that. Oh, I, you know, I, I would... Uh, 
be more prepared, and I would do a good job right, if I right, remembered, right. but I didn't. Yeah, sure. So, uh, <laughs> Hawkeye Freefall number one came out last week, but a lot of you were hungover and didn't go yeah, to the comic book store. Yeah, so, sure, uh, for sure. you, Hawkeye Freefall number one comes out this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited Check about it that. Out. And uh, Hawkeye Freefall number two comes out at the end of the month, and Force Works comes out next month, and I have some other stuff I can't talk about. And uh, What's the Furthest Place from Here comes out later in the year. All right, there nice. we go. A couple of things we can plug before we go. We have a bunch of other podcasts that we do. First of all, uh, we have yeah, a we'll lot keep of adding more, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pete enjoys this very much. I'm sorry that I'm burdening you with all these podcasts, Pete. Uh, but Pete we do... will be two dogs on the next part. That just sold it. We do a lock and key podcast called Lock and Key Unlock. Currently, we are recapping all six volumes of the comic book series as we count down to the next. Book series. I will say if you subscribe to the Lock and Key Unlocked feed in particular, we're going to have a bonus episode going up on Wednesday all about the trailer that is dropping tomorrow. Uh, Breaking down the trailer, talking about it. I don't want to spoil who, but one of us was not particularly happy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll never know. Yeah, it was Pete. Well, okay. Pete's the angry one. Uh, But definitely check that out. Uh, So we're going to be doing a bunch of episodes for that, and then we're going to be recapping every episode of that show. Uh, Also, Riverdale After Dark, our Riverdale podcast, is back weekly on January 22nd. So please do subscribe and check that out as well. Also, patreon.com slash comic book club. If you want to join us as low as two bucks a month, uh, we have a Patreon Slack, which is a lot of fun to hang out in. Uh, We have a ton of bonus podcasts going on and all things, a monthly movie night that you can join. I don't know what the movie's going to be, but it's going to be something fucked up because it is every month, so that should be fun. Yeah. Uh, but we do get to hang out and watch a movie with you once a month, so that's a good, a fun time. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you can get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast. More, you can subscribe and listen on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. And please do comment on iTunes. That helps us out quite a bit. Uh, yes, we should week, plug this. Next yes. week, our show, the live show, is usually at 8 o'clock. It's, bec- it's moving to 7 p.m. permanently going forward. Yeah. So if you're in New York City, specifically if you're in this audience right now, you have to come an hour earlier. Yes. Still free, still an hour-long show, but it's going to be at 7 o'clock instead of 8 o'clock. Uh, yeah, no people excited. Right. pretty happy there we go. about it. Great. Go to sleep earlier. Yes. Go to sleep And as we continue to age, where this will move until it's at 3 p.m. Uh, in Boca Raton, Florida. Can we, yeah. do it? Can we do it at 2 p.m.? Because i got to make the buffet. Yeah, no, of course. Oh, I, have a, I have a doctor's appointment at 2, but after that, we'll definitely do it. Okay, great. Uh, my knees are at work anymore. A couple of people we want to thank before we go. We want to thank Matt for being on the show. Yeah. Booth Matt Prime. Prime. But most of all, we want to thank all of you. We're here every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Please tell your friends good night. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming out. Don't go mad.